0: I think I am influenced by the outside. I'll I'll see that in shapes that are appearing. Like I did a residency in Turkey and I was working in a bunch of caves and they had this shape, you know, the entrance of the caves and all the windows tended to be the same shape. So that started appearing in my work over and over again. So shapes will do that, but mostly it's from an internal place. I get visions kind of of what I should be painting, and I love doing large installations. And that's definitely my most favorite kind of work because it is the most challenging logistically. And it's also just super immersive. And when I paint, I love painting large, but there's limits to how large I can go in my studio. I love going big with those.
1: Welcome to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linaway. For today's 213th episode, I am joined once again by Liz Tran, who is a Seattle artist. We talk all about her paintings and installations and all of the current projects that she has in development. Again, lots of different stuff going on, residencies as well as collaborations and all sorts of good stuff. We catch up a bit from when we spoke years ago and, of course, when we initially met at Vermont Studio Center, so it's very exciting to catch up with her work and of course, you want to check it out at Liztran.com, and be sure to follow her on Instagram at Liztran Studios. Before we dive into today's episode, I'm excited to announce that our 2019 student competition is now open. So, if you're a current or graduating... MA, MFA student, or BA, BFA student, you can apply. Our juror this year is Erica B. Hess. She is an artist as well as the creator of I Like Your Work podcast. You've probably heard it. And again, she's amazing, so we're very excited to have her juring. She'll be selecting three artists from the undergraduate and graduate categories to be featured on an upcoming episode of Studio Break. All you have to do to apply is go to StudioBreak.com, look under our competition page, and it's super easy. You submit a small fee, a website, or 10 images and an artist statement, email it in, and you are done. So once again, go to studiobreak.com for more information, and we hope that you would help spread the word. Again, we love getting student work on Studio Break, so it could be you. If you're checking out Studio Break for the first time, I want to remind you that Studio Break is a podcast and blog site. We feature a variety of different artists. They come on, they talk about their work. And all of these interviews you can find on studiobreak.com with images of the artwork, links to the artist's websites, and of course, you can listen right there in the default player or click that link to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast and check it out there. You can find Studiobreak on a number of social media formats, so be sure and like our Facebook page. You can follow us on Twitter at Studiobreak and of course on Instagram at studio underscore break. And with those... Short announcements out of the way, we're excited to have Liz Tran back on and talking art, so stay tuned. Welcome to Studio Break, Liz Tran. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing excellent. How about you?
1: Excellent, excellent. You know, I'm listening and enjoying the sounds of snowplow trucks, you know, taking care of ice.
0: We only have like one snowplow in Seattle, I think, so... (laughs)
1: Well, do you guys not get a lot of snow there? Is that
0: no? We usually don't. I mean, we've—I don't remember ever having this amount of snow. I've been here twenty years.
1: I always enjoy it when you see places where they have no idea what snow is, and it's like a half an inch, and everybody drives like you know. Like twenty miles yeah. an hour on the freeway or something. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, we got more than a foot, and it's all hills here, so it's a hot mess.
1: Right. Right. Well, and and so again, just kind of remind everybody. So you've been. You were just saying you lived out in Seattle now for twenty years.
0: Yeah, I think almost twenty years.
1: Wow. Wow. Did school bring you out there specifically, or because I can't remember yeah. oddly enough where where it is that you grew up.
0: Yeah, um, I came up here to go to Cornish.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: But I've always felt a, a connection to the city. I have some relatives that that live out here too. Some aunt and uncle and second cousins and whatnot. Sure. But yeah, I've always really loved the city and wanted to go to school here and I stuck around.
1: Yeah, well I I could imagine it's obviously an exciting place, um, even for somebody that's never been there unfortunately. So I, I am curious, though, because I, like I said, it's been so long. We we were just kind of reminiscing because we met <laughs> back in, I think if I do the math, then it's what, uh, 11 years ago um, at Vermont Studio Center. So it's quite a ways <laughs> back, you know. Um, <laughs> but where, where were you? Where did you originally grow up? Did you grow up on the uh, West Coast then?
0: Yeah, Eugene, Oregon. So about... Six-hour drive south of Seattle.
1: Okay, so you're not like a Floridian that <laughs> completely no, moved moved to not. the opposite corners <laughs> of the states. Uh, well, awesome. And again, so while while you know we were just reminiscing too. It's been like what six years since we talked last in terms of podcasts and stuff. And of course, I've been following all your work. And again, we'll talk all about how you managed to become such a factory. I mean, gosh, it's incredible to especially check out your website, you know, LizTran.com, tons of bodies of work and you're always active on social media. So again, it'll be interesting to dive into this. So
0: I look forward to catching up.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and so, you know, again, I I know that last time we talked, you know, you had, I want to say been kind of, you know, doing installation and some ceramic sculpture pieces, as well as, you know, all the, all the paintings Mm -hmm. that you've been kind of doing, and again, I, I know it sounds weird to kind of summarize like a, a six-year window, but um, has it been kind of just, again, just kind of a continuation of working through various series and, you know, kind of exploring all those those media?
0: Yeah, I mean, I bore really easily. So I've just continued on with just about everything I possibly can, except ceramics. I have had to take a break on that just because of the amount of time that mm-hmm. it takes up. And also my lack of storage.
1: <laughs> sure. <laughs> so,
0: but I've been doing a lot more installation work, which is a lot of fun. Awesome. And then lately I've been painting shoes and I just painted a dress and just just going at it. So I get bored by by 2D paintings every once in a while and have to switch it up, so...
1: Well, how do you, how do you manage to like kind of keep all that in order? I mean, is it something where you're really, (laughs) well, again, it's just interesting because you'll talk to people that are like, I work in, you know, I build 20 paintings. They're going to look exactly like this kind of series. Yeah. Um, Or are you kind of just all over in terms of like, I got this going over here and that going over there?
0: Yeah. um, One of my goals for this year is to work on my organizational skills or lack of Organizational skills. Sure. Um, I'm always working on a bunch of different things at once. That's just the way I am. But I like to present them in an organized way. So there is probably an illusion that I am organized, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's all fake. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and again, obviously, we can kind of break down various bodies of work, and you know, talk about I don't know. I guess how things change and kind of evolve, but. You know, I if I'm not mistaken, I'm, I would imagine, or at least from my recollection, because I, you know, as a studio mate for a brief amount of time, is it something where you're almost always kind of, you know, working directly, and there's not necessarily tons of like preparation or preliminary work or anything like that.
0: Preparation? No, there's not a lot of preparation. Like, I'm not one to plan out a painting and sketch a painting, and I, I usually just dive in with very little ideas to, you know, what's going to come out. Although that being said, I do tend to work in series. I just have uh, multiple series going on at one time.
1: So it might be like, you know, some sort of, you know, you've got all these lines coming out of the center of a canvas or, you know, like waveforms or things like that, essentially.
0: Yeah. My work has become actually more introspective and kind of Therapeutic, I guess, since the last time that I talked to you. So all my 2D work is basically based around that. Mm -hmm. It's based around healing and but yet within that I'll have multiple series too. It's a challenge for me to kind of piece it all back together to present it to the world. Sure, sure. But I'm doing it (laughs) one way or another.
1: I was going to say, it seems too like, you know, like when you say therapeutic or like, you know, something that's kind of exploring like an inner world, like one of the things that, you know, I think is such a draw to to your work is obviously all the, all the color, you know, it's Mm -hmm. something that I can imagine a lot of people have a hard time looking at where they would say like, oh, this is gloomy or something, you know, like it's very vibrant. And so, um, so like in in terms of just kind of making something that you are looking to kind of make that that thing that people can kind of be drawn into? Is that something that's kind of, I guess, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested in that process right. and how that works, you know?
0: Well, first off, I'm not really making my work with an audience in mind. Mm-hmm. So uh, if it resonates with them, that's fabulous, but I'm making something that I want to see and that I want to cultivate within my life. So it's actually a lot of the work stems from, A darker place and a need to heal that darker place, which is, I don't know, my palate is is completely intuitive and natural and it just tends to come out in rainbow and fluorescent and glitter and (laughs) just all kinds of craziness. But that's a reaction uh, to the darkness.
1: Right, right. Yeah. I mean, again, it's kind of interesting because, you know, like my, my subject matter of suburbia, is so can be, it can be looked at as sad, you know, or gloomy mm-hmm, or like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like there's a dark look to it, but it's just weird. Cause I hear you say that and I'm looking at paintings that are like, Oh, nice and kind of colorful. So it's, it's, it's interesting to kind of take something that you're, you know, maybe starting from in, in terms of like trying to work through it or, you know what I mean? To try to make something that's. I guess really exciting if that makes sense or just something that's just moves beyond that that those dark sides of ourselves I guess I don't know if that sounds patronizing or I don't know.
0: <laughs> no, no, I mean that's that's essentially what it is. Yeah, to to help me move to the next place mentally and lifestyle-wise.
1: Yeah. Well, and and so you're kind of hitting on this a little bit too. I mean, obviously you've got some really intense colors and You know, maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe sounds like that's kind of a strategy too, in terms of seeing like how vibrant something can kind of be, but I'm also kind of curious then it looks also like there's, there's just tons of layering and kind of working through. So like when, when you are working through a piece, I mean, is that something that's that then is just kind of that part of that editing process in terms of, you know, layer, 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 come back to it and then just kind of work until it's resolved?
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, it's always just a push pull and I'm likely to overdo it and kill things too. Well,
1: (laughs) well, that's good to hear. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I make a lot of ugly stuff.
1: Okay. Well, so, so that's interesting too, to kind of think about that, you know, like those margins or, you know, those things that don't wind up kind of making it, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm, Curious in terms of materials, is it mostly then just kind of like watercolor and and gouache or what the kind of materials? No, I actually don't use
0: any watercolor or gouache.
1: Oh, gosh. So
0: so I use a lot of inks, a lot of acrylic inks, alcohol inks. I use graphite, colored pencil, um, puff paint, Mm -hmm. glitter paint, just regular acrylic paint. I tend to water it down quite a bit lot of paint pens. And then I also do layering with uh, this really thin calligraphy paper, which I think I was using that too when I first met you. I've been using it for a long time and that provides layers on the paintings too. So I'll do some collage elements, but it's collage with my own actual cut up paintings
1: interesting interesting and again just by being able to kind of move from like paint to drawing I mean that I would imagine that when I say it it's like they're so similar anyways but you know yeah it's interesting to kind of think about like maybe again there's a lot of like areas that look you know very washed out in terms of like kind of creating like a color field and then uh-huh. you've got like linear elements or elements that might be painted um is it something where like the details will kind of emerge out of you know uh-huh. I guess vague shapes I guess or
0: yeah, details and patterns, and and it really it emerges naturally. But I am really interested in mark making, which is why I use a variety of materials too. Just I can obtain different marks with different different materials. I mean, I don't even use a paintbrush all that often. I use my fingers to paint a lot too, <laughs> so my my paintings are covered with my fingerprints. I know it's probably not good for me health wise, but.
1: Well, I'm sure somebody will listen to this and get in touch uh, <laughs> to give me you know. a stern warning.
0: <laughs> I'm a bad influence.
1: So, kind of refer to like these kind of like landscapes or like fantastical landscapes or the psychedelic. I mean,. I'm curious then, is that all like, you know, like, um, like an abstract language that you've kind of built through your own work or do you kind of ever kind of, you know, pull in from experiences like outside of yourself in terms of like, you know, again, I think you were just talking about, you know, renting a house for a week and you're going to be out, you know, making and doing a whole bunch of, you know, interesting work and stuff like that. I mean, is it something where like an experience will kind of influence what you wind up making?
0: Yeah, I mean especially with the installation work. Different locations will inform that work as far as my paintings. I think I am influenced by the outside. I'll, I'll see that I'll see that in shapes that are appearing. Like I did a residency in Turkey and I was working in a bunch of caves and they had this shape, you know, the entrance of the Caves And all the windows tended to be the same shape. So that started appearing in my work over and over again. So shapes will do that. But mostly, it's from an internal place, I get visions kind of of what I should be painting Mm -hmm. tends to happen right before a nap. So I'm a big fan of naps. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And like, just at that moment, when I'm about to fall asleep, I'll, I'll get a vision for the next series. And It takes me a long time to realize whether that came from the outside world or my internal world. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes it's a pairing of both. uh, But it can take years for me to see direct connections.
1: Sure, sure. Well, no, and I think that's very common. You know, you start looking at stuff even maybe that you did, you know, 10 years ago. And, you know, you start kind of seeing similarities or you kind of dive back into it in a way where it seems like there's like this cyclical kind of thing, you know?
0: Definitely. That's why I think it's important also to look back on older work to see kind of the path that, that it's taken mm-hmm. because day to day it may seem kind of nonsensical and out of nowhere. But once you see, you know, the last decade or two, it, it, it makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It makes complete sense.
1: Well, and you were kind of describing, you know, like working on multiple series at a time. Is that something where literally you'll have all of these different kind of works kind of arranged in your studio or kind of in process so that they can kind of, I don't know, inform each other. You kind of see something over there that could be brought over to this other piece.
0: Yes. I mean, I'll have things laying all over my studio, you know, for different projects and whatnot. And it does, it does help move me to the next level to kind of go from maybe installation work to painting, to, video work or whatever you know mixing up the medium Mm -hmm. definitely makes me see things differently and and it will inform like my installation work will start informing my paintings and back and forth I mean it's all ultimately it all, all goes back to painting right but I think it helps me progress visually
1: you were just kind of a minute ago, kind of referencing, you know, the, doing these installations in terms of, uh, you know, being on residence in Turkey. I'm just kind of curious if you could ballpark it. How, how many residences have you done since we spoke last in the last six <laughs> years? I mean, is it something where you're always out or is it like no. a weird schedule or?
0: I haven't been doing very many in the last few years just because I've been so busy in the States and at home. And also I'm a bit of a homebody too. Like when I'm home, I stay home. I don't really like going out all that much. Mm -hmm. I did this whole Iceland residency circuit for, (laughs) I'll call it that, my Iceland residency circuit. I used to go for a a month or two at a time every year for, I want to say like, Six or seven years in a row, maybe even more than that. I, I don't even remember how many times I've been there, honestly. Mm-hmm. But it's been two years now, I think, since I've been been back to Iceland. So I do have a residency lined up for Ireland at the end of this year. And I've done like mini residencies just, you know, a week long. But whenever I travel, even if it's for vacation, I'm always working and turn that into a little residency too.
1: Sure, sure. Well, and I would imagine, again, that's always something that's going to kind of keep you moving and new experiences to kind of mm-hmm. bring into the work. And, again, I, I say that, too, because it's like sometimes those are very literal, but, like, just the experience of travel and kind of being out seems like such a, a big part of, you know, feeding your work and your ideas and how you feel about painting or even think about it. You know, I'm sure, you know, like when you're in Ireland, <laughs> you're going to have a different experience to kind of uh-huh. react to, you know.
0: Definitely. Definitely. It 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 impacts my work a lot. It impacts my life too. And meeting artists from all over the world. And um, I work alone. Uh, My studio is attached to my house. So I am not around other artists for most of the process. So it's nice to put myself in that different situation where I'm surrounded by artists or other creatives and we can bounce ideas back and forth all the time. I mean, I do that on the phone with friends or I'll have friends visit the studio, but it's not that day to day um, feedback and whatnot.
1: Well, and again, that's kind of interesting because I think that it's one of those cliche things that, that I'll always bring up because it was brought up to me so much during school. Is just like you're not going to have the same setup of <laughs> like-minded people surrounding no. you. you know? So it's kind of an interesting way to kind of break that up because you're not I think like most painters or people that are kind of especially kind of drawn to painting or drawing or something that's kind of more isolated than, say, printmaking, it's a really isolated kind of world, you know, where you kind of get wrapped up in your stuff. Totally. Totally. Well, and while we're still talking a little bit about residencies again, is, is Iceland then kind of like, then I would imagine that was kind of like one of the m- most interesting experiences. I'm just kind of curious, you know, off the top of your head, are there ones that stick out in terms of residencies that were just like mind blowing or I don't, I, I say that in all seriousness, cause I mean, I maybe did a right. handful, but I haven't done, you know, do- I mean, I'm sure people have done dozens and I don't know, maybe that's you too.
0: I guess I have, I, I've probably done a uh, dozen. Maybe mm-hmm. more, um some of them I've been to twice as well, or three times iceland i always I always felt a connection there, and it was always felt like a really comfortable, easy place to kind of hunker down and I would go during the cold time, like I've been there once during the summer, but there were too many people around. <laughs> um, so I like being there in the winter or in the fall. And there's something about the landscape there, too. It's just so expansive, and it feels like your possibilities are endless. The possibilities are endless for your work, and um, everybody's creative there. Mm -hmm. I think it's because of the long winter months. Turkey has to be one of my top experiences with a residency. I did a month in central Turkey in Cappadocia, which is where all those old caves are, thousands of years old. And that was incredible. That was an incredible experience. It was just polar opposite of, of Seattle. So, the,
1: so you do have like an opportunity then to kind of, you know, go out and see something like that to kind of, res, you know, have that resonate with you as well.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I did some installations there and, and some sketches and I still, I still pull from that body of work.
1: And I guess just as a as a Illinois native, and currently I'm I'm located in apparently one of the most concert, we have the most churches per capita, I believe, in Illinois oh, dear. In, the, in the place that I live. Yeah, yeah. No so no, I, well, I, I was going to say, I mean, so as somebody that might have never left, uh, you know, some Midwestern state. I mean, what's it like in terms of just like you know culture and and I say this in all sincerity because like I think a lot of people just kind of get you know, used to what they're getting used to. And then they just kind of never mm. leave that environment. So I'd imagine that's just kind of be something that's so a uh, game changer, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, and I feel like, at least for me, it's incredibly important to experience new things because I don't want my work to become stagnant. I, and I don't want to become stagnant. I I want to see what's out there. I want to see different things. I want to meet different people. Turkey was definitely very different. It was a really small town, there weren't any tourists there. It was it was a farming town, um, a Muslim farming town. And uh, hearing the call to prayer was just absolutely gorgeous. And that started informing my practice, too, and the way I marked time. And, I mean, it was just so incredibly different and beautiful and such a rich experience. And I would love to go back there.
1: Yeah, I mean, it sounds pretty incredible, you know. And I think also one of those... You know, moments where just kind of being around a culture that's that's a bit different from yours, you know, you kind of realize Mm -hmm. how beautiful people are. Oh, yeah. I mean, did you encounter quite a bit of that?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, actually, almost everywhere I've been out of the United States, people tend to be quite lovely.
1: Right, right. Well again I, I always think about it relative to that experience of Vermont Studio Center because literally they just had so many international artists and
0: mm-hmm. you know people
1: with all these different experiences and I always kind of just think about how amazing everybody was you know like you really you really ran into that brooding artist type uh <laughs> you know <laughs> punk rocker or whatever so you know some kind of like just drag on society everybody is so uh cool and interesting and again i can't help but think about it relative to you know the the times that we're living in because things are so kind of scary and fearful in, in right. a lot of a lot of places in the united states i think you know
0: yeah yeah the current times are insane But they're reflective of past times, too. So, Mm you know, things are being uncovered. We could go on and on about political stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, again, that's probably why, too, I'm not... Not running a political podcast, so i actually mm-hmm. I actually try to turn as much of that off as I can during the day oh yeah but to kind of, to kind of bring it back then to this you know some of the idea about residencies, it sounds like maybe too, maybe when you're a little bit younger, like that was a um you know a way to kind of stay active to kind of keep being out there, and then eventually I would imagine that that you know you're just like a, a workaholic now in terms of just being you know always yeah. setting schedules and doing stuff at at home, so there's no need
0: yeah. I have a hard time turning my work brain off um, <laughs> that's a big struggle in the work life balance I'm working on that <laughs>
1: well what's that what's that like? I mean, is that something where you have like a a some like a plan for the week? I mean, do you get into the no. studio at a certain time or leave at a certain time or live in the studio?
0: <laughs> I don't have a schedule. I have deadlines and I always always meet my deadlines for projects. I basically work from the moment i Wake up until I go to bed. Pretty much. I mean, it's, it's just where my brain always is. Mm-hmm. But I define a lot of different things as work. You know, work doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, making a painting or even in the studio. Like there's a lot of answering of emails and paying bills and accounting and, you know, the boring side of things. So, yeah, I. I don't have a schedule. My schedule is kind of all the time. One of my goals is to actually create a schedule.
1: Well, that makes me feel a little bit better, you know, because you're, you know, I mean, essentially, from what I understand, I mean, this is what you do, right? You're just an artist, right?
0: I mean, yeah. Isn't it that way for every artist? I mean, it's just like, it's a lifestyle too, I guess.
1: Sure, sure. Well, and that's... But
0: you're a teacher too, so you have that schedule that... dictated.
1: Well, that's what I mean. I mean, it's just so weird. Like we were talking about earlier, maybe a little bit just about how things change. I mean, like I love giant blocks of time. And then, you know, yesterday I'll, I'll, you know, fit in 90 minutes of editing audio, which I hate because I just would mm-hmm. much rather have like an entire block of time. But I feel like I'm always trying to get better at managing it. So when when mm-hmm. I listen to you talk about it, and like I said, like you're, you know, doing, you know, just mostly just doing art for 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 yourself all the time. Like it's kind of uh, comforting to know that like it's not easy for you, you know, like no. that that's something that we all kind of are working through.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be a lifelong struggle. <laughs> well, honestly,
1: Sure, sure. Well, that's interesting. So there's no, nothing uh, anecdotal that you could bring up in terms of studio practice is kind of funky or anything like that? I mean, and, um, I don't know. anecdotal? Well, um, I don't know. You, you like have like some crazy alarm clock that rings off at noon every day? I don't know.
0: <laughs> no, but I try to check in with myself a lot. No, I mean, studio advice and like art practice advice would be show up,
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you know, right. just do something, well, even they... if you don't feel like it.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, what happens on those days then, too, where you're not feeling it at all? I mean, do you just kind of walk away or do you just kind of force yourself to work through something and, and maybe something grabs your attention?
0: It depends. I mean, I do both. If I walk away, I'm usually walking to some other project. And that's the nice thing that, you know, about having so many different things that I'm working on at one time is that I'm able to switch it up. You know, if one painting or one series isn't working, then I'll go work on another one and go back to that later. So I've found that that helps me resolve the issues, the the block,
1: mm-hmm.
0: painter's block.
1: Well, and again, that's interesting too, because aside from you know, obviously, like we we've been talking a little bit about the the two D work, but then it looks like you know, there's there's maybe more collaged based kind of like painting works, but then also I, I love these kind of like giant i don't know how you describe them the stacks of of balls balls.
0: yeah (laughs) Yeah. and those are paintings too you know like i'm just painting on those like i'm painting on my Mm -hmm. 2d work um it's just a different form
1: yeah i was gonna say what what's what's it like doing that just relative to the paintings because obviously you can walk around them and i mean is it
0: i love it i mean i love doing large installations and that's definitely my most favorite kind of work because it is the most challenging logistically. And it's also just super immersive. And when I paint, I love painting large, but there's limits to how large I can go in my studio. It's not very big. And the walls are are kind of all messed up because they're like half cement and half Mm. uh, half, uh, sheetrock. And yeah, it's a hot mess down there. But someday so yeah with installations i just i love going big with those
1: are they all kind of like strung together like how are they assembled because i'm curious if there's like an editing process that's that i'm not that nobody can see in terms of like how they're you know like are they mixed and match or are they just all kind of worked through on the same gosh string i guess for lack of a better
0: (laughs) so yeah yeah um because i can't i mean some of them are like three feet wide so they're big and I can't work on very many at a time in my studio because of the size Mm -hmm. so I I will attach them in the studio kind of by color ish and hope it works out okay and sometimes well actually every time I've done the installation I've moved things around a bit but yeah, I attach them together, but they're easily taken apart and reassembled and whatnot.
1: Have you ever kind of had something set up where you start painting in a in a you know like a client's uh, space all of a sudden? Like, oh, this this one needs to be adjusted. <laughs> Anything like that? No, no, okay. no actually,
0: I haven't. <laughs> but I would do that, you know, sure <laughs> to make I mean... it right. So, like this last installation that I did down in San Francisco. I messed around a lot with that and changed things a lot, like after it was hanging and it's not the easiest thing to do because you're, you know, several stories high up in a scissor lift, Mm -hmm. but if it needs to be done, it needs to be done. So
1: sure. Sure. It took
0: a while, but I was really happy with the outcome.
1: Well, and I noticed too, I mean, like there's other, other things that you kind of get to do. Like, again, I noticed the, uh, the fun kind of collaboration for, you know, like painting a guitar for, you know, the, the guitar player for Def Leppard? Um, Yeah. Is that, is that like, like, okay, this is going to work. I mean, what's, what's that process like? How do you, how do you even get approached for something like that?
0: Oh, it's kind of a long story. I was scouted in Miami during Art Basel by, Mm -hmm. um, Viacom and VH1 is owned by Viacom Mm -hmm. and it, it just kind of, happened from from that they put me on this project and i had no idea what it would look like i just dove into it i like a challenge and painting a guitar is not easy <laughs> at all it took me a lot longer than i thought i still met the deadline but and i was really happy with the results but yeah it was a challenge I I probably, I I don't know what it sounds like. He said it sounded okay. (laughs) I did hit it with a heat gun a few times to speed up the process. Yes. (laughs) Gibson would probably be upset hearing that.
1: It sounds very strange, but like, you know, like you, you were talking about, like when you paint, you're painting for yourself. So when you're kind of doing something that you know, somebody else is going to be utilizing as a, as an instrument. I mean, I don't know, maybe you start getting terrible text messages like no I'm more red or whatever. Oh you know, my gosh. Some kind of weird no, thing. no, I don't
0: work like that.
1: Well, that's, I bad. don't work
0: like that. No. Um, I wouldn't put myself in a situation like that. I kind of, I had control over what it would look like. I mean, I talked to Vivian on the phone a few times about what the concept would be and sent him some in progress shots, but you know, he's a, He's a musician and a writer and and the artist. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> he he never said, "Oh, more red here." <laughs> That'd be out of line.
1: You talk to artists that kind of start developing like real relationships with with galleries, and you know, have it, have all this success. I mean, have you found that you're pretty much free to kind of pursue like anything that you kind of want, and that you get a lot of support for it just because you've been you know doing it for so long, or?
0: Oh gosh, that's a good question. First of all, I think the art world is completely screwed up and back ass words. So I'll just put that out there. (laughs) I have there are a lot of people in the art world that help support me and help support my career, but I think fundamentally the way that it's that it's organized and set up is not healthy Mm -hmm. either for artists or patrons or um, it's primarily for the one percent. So I especially lately in the last year or two have like, kind of just not cared as much about the art world side of things and have been able to just grant myself some freedom in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I get enough support here and there both in and outside of the art world, but yeah, kind of just do what I want. Right. Right. <laughs> because I realize, like that the art world the way it is now isn't really sustainable. So I want to create my, my own thing and my own business and my own practice and have that be its own sustainable being.
1: <laughs> well, and I'm curious then too, just cause like very literally, I mean, gosh, you think about like when we met um, social media had such a different um, context or connotation, <laughs> you know, like, whereas now like very literally you can kind of, you know, share what you're working on with the people that follow you. I mean, is that something that's been, been really cool in terms of being able to kind of take more charge or more authority about what you make?
0: Yeah. I mean, it hasn't, I don't think it's affected my work. I don't, I don't know. But yeah, it's career wise. It has helped to level the playing field for a lot of artists, although the algorithms are changing and it's becoming more money-based. Mm-hmm. Because of like who can pay for ads and whatnot, right? But like the earlier days of Instagram, say, I felt like that was a that was a good way to even the playing field because we don't get to see a lot of the great art that's going on out there because the gatekeepers may not have allowed it, or you know, it's the internet is is good for the, for art. Probably not good for the art world
1: yeah well it 's interesting to think about how these like kind of open you know markets or you know forums or formats or whatnot just slowly like they kind of turn the screws and you know rein it in, you know
0: yeah, yeah, they realize there's a lot of money i mean it 's greed, <laughs> you know,
1: well, and at the end of the day too, I mean, I would imagine you know that 's why you know like you 're saying, it seems like in a way like all you can do is just make your work and show up and you know, just keep, yeah. keep working with it just to kind of think about, you know, things that are coming up. I mean, are are there things that you're working towards that you're super excited about shows or projects, installations yeah. and things like that?
0: There's a bunch of stuff. Um, I'm excited to just head down to California tomorrow and go to the Salton Sea and do a little residency there. I also have my next show is in New York. So I'm showing it art on paper, um, which is one of the shows that's during Armory Week in New York. So I'm really looking forward to that. That is March 7th through 10th with Phylogeny Contemporary is the name of the gallery that I'm showing with there. So that should be a lot of fun. I have a project coming out with, and actually it's out now. The advertising will be soon for that. Uh, and it's with Chihuly Garden and Glass. And so I did a design line with them. So that. Is available now and I will be spreading the news about that shortly they have to spread the news first though I did imagery that was inspired by some of his pieces
1: yeah very cool very cool well again it'll, it'll be interesting then in 10 years when we do this again so um, before we wrap everything up I do want to ask again where, where should people follow all your work again I know that you've obviously got your website and social media yes. so let us know
0: Instagram is the biggest way to follow me. I, my website's in need of an update, but Instagram it's Liz trans studios, plural.
1: Awesome. Awesome.
0: And I tend to keep that fairly up to date.
1: Very cool. Well, again, I, I really appreciate catching up with you again. It's so cool to see all the stuff that you've been doing and, and following it. So again, it it's great. So
0: I love talking to you. Let's do it again.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks again to Liz for joining me. Be sure and check out her work at LizTran.com. You can also follow her on Instagram at Studios. She does have a solo exhibition coming up this May through June at Phylogeny Contemporary in Seattle. So be sure and check it out if you're in the Seattle area. If you like today's episode, be sure and check out the other ones on StudioBreak.com. Again, each of our interviews have images of the artist's artwork as well as links to their websites. You can listen right there in the default player, or click that iTunes link and subscribe to the podcast. We've got a big archive over 200 and some episodes, so be sure and check out the archives. We always appreciate it when people help spread the word, so you can do that, of course, by leaving comments in iTunes. You can, of course, share it via social media, so be sure and do that. Be sure and like our. Facebook page. You can find us on Twitter at Studio Break and of course on Instagram at studio underscore break. Just another reminder that our 2019 student competition is now open. So if you're a current or graduating MA MFA student or BA BFA student you can apply our juror this year is Erica B Hess she is an artist as well as the creator of I Like Your Work podcast you've probably heard it and again she's amazing so we're very excited to have her juring. she'll be selecting three artists from the undergraduate and graduate categories to be featured in an upcoming episode of Studio Break all you have to do to apply is go to studiobreak.com look under our competition page and it's super easy You submit a small fee, a website, or 10 images and an artist statement, email it in, and you are done. So, once again, go to studiobreak.com for more information, and we hope that you would help spread the word. Again, we love highlighting emerging artists if you'd like to see some of my paintings, you can visit davidlinaway.com, and I'm also excited to announce that I'm currently on an episode of Otcasts, The Mixed Media Tapes, a podcast by Phil Mellon, and that's currently with Erica B. Hess. We're talking about light and shadows and color, and so that's available, so check that out. Again, you can find me on Instagram at davidlinaway, so I have a link up there in my bio, so you can check it out. You can also listen to an interview coming up this weekend for, I like your work podcast episode 29 so if you want to hear more about my own work check those out again if you don't do instagram you can also find me on facebook at david linaway and of course on twitter at david linaway last but not least let me thank skylar mail who provides the music to studio break you can check out his work at skylarmail.net he is linked right on the studio break homepage, so check it out and see what he's up to thanks once again for listening we'll talk to you real soon